Hello, this is the podcast from the international research platform SIM, with reports and interviews from across the world on the role music can play in social and community programs. I am Lucas Perron. During this fourth episode of the SIM podcast, you will hear me interview John Sloboda and Bridie Barclay. I will be discussing with them about the upcoming symposium sessions. They will be chairing on research on multicultural, social and community projects. You will be able to find out more about their work by clicking on the links to their names in the short text presenting this episode online. Many examples of participatory music projects may make us dream of a different world. Not that we should expect music to come and save the world or solve some of the complicated problems our world is confronted with, but still, I personally think that such projects, which are lately more and more being developed in different parts of our world, can at least be seen as interesting blueprints and models to learn from. Social and community music projects are often seriously trying to come to an understanding of the very different worlds participants may come from. In many cases, such initiatives also try to create a reality which is formed, composed, as we say in music, out of different musical realities. This is for sure not something simple to bring about. It, it takes uh, a lot of time to master music instruments and also to master repertoires not all participants in such projects know. In this context, Colombian anthropologist Arturo Escobar recently introduced the term of pluriversity. The notion pluriversity fits such composed realities better than diversity. Because when hearing the term pluriverse, it makes you think of a multitude of realities at different levels and perspectives of our world, economic, social and cultural. And if we dream to develop our world into a world which is composed of a multiversity of worlds, a world lacking uniformity, then, then we need bridge builders who are talented, experienced and capable to weave relations between people and uh, of different classes, gender, race and culture. Such bridge builders can help us design and compose a future in which many worlds fit and in which we have learned to live with and within difference. Xenophobia, racism and anti-Semitism are for sure realities we come across in most of our societies, but so does a growing understanding that a diversified composition of society can guarantee its richness and strength. Participatory social music projects represent a field of social practice which is rapidly developing in many countries and which often adopts this perspective of welcoming and embracing a diversity of participants coming from very different economic, social and cultural backgrounds. John Sloboda is research professor at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama in London, and he's founding president of the international research platform SIM. Hi, John. On the 9th of February, you will be chairing a session during the International Symposium, which is focusing on intercultural, social and community music projects. 
When I look at the abstracts of the presentations of research we will be hearing, I can see that it's really about very different projects and contexts developed in also very different parts of our world. I wonder what are some of the topics that you would like to be able to treat during the panel discussion you will chair? Well, yes, indeed. The um, papers in this session are, are very varied, um, and although they all have an intercultural aspect, the intercultural aspects are quite different. And that caused me to think a little bit about the different types of intercultural activity which could be in the mix, and it's quite complex. Uh, one type of intercultural activity would be when two different cultures that are somehow coexisting in the same place are encouraged to do music together. And I'm thinking of some very well-known and perhaps less well-known projects, for example, in Israel-Palestine, where Israelis and Palestinians uh, come together and, and make music together. Outside uh, of outside of the, the Middle East, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and that's a very direct kind of intercultural. It's what one might think of automatically. But I'm also thinking that there are more subtle forms of intercultural uh, relationship. For example, I know some sim practitioners who are doing what we call intergenerational music making, where they are working with people of the same nationality, the same ethnicity, even, may, even maybe long-standing residents of the same town. But they are bringing older people together, maybe people who are in residential care, with younger people, maybe children or young adults. And these are quite different cultures also, and there are issues and challenges with bringing even younger and older people together in the, in the same music-making activity. So intercultural actually could be conceived in a very broad way, and perhaps a, a quite a lot of sim projects are actually in that sense intercultural. It is, it is also asking really very particular talents uh, from uh, the musicians who are involved in facilitating such projects. Absolutely, and that creates another cultural divide, because normally the participants in sim projects are not trained musicians, or they have very specific backgrounds uh, in music, and the facilitators are quite often Uh, conservatoire-trained music professionals who are therefore coming from a quite different occupational culture to the people they're working with. And so sometimes the intercultural experience is the difference between the participants on the one hand and the facilitators on the other. And maybe that becomes even more extreme when facilitators, as sometimes happens, come from another country. Um, And then there is the additional issue of research, which comes up in some of the presentations, where the members who are doing the music may be all of one culture, but a researcher from outside, maybe from even another country, comes to participate in the project as a researcher. And that creates other um, issues and challenges to be solved, including ethical issues, which will come up in one of the um, presentations. Yes. And at Gilto, do you find that musicians are also keen on having ways to prepare themselves for such social and community projects, programs? It's very varied, um, because this is still a new area. Um, there is a, 
some specialist training provision in a school like Guildhall, but people have to elect to do it. And others just receive the general musical education of the institution, but somehow they are still inspired to do sim work, and sometimes they are most inspired to do that work interculturally. So one of the uh, most successful um, projects by young musicians is a project called the Wind Up Penguin Project, where a group of undergraduates decided that what they wanted to do was go and bring music to remote villages in the Amazon. And they just organized themselves and went off there without, as far as I can see, a particular training, and certainly not training provided by the institution. And they learned it on the job. And I think what, what SIM, organizations like SIM can do, and um, events like this symposium, is to begin to characterize and systematize what are the challenges and what are the ways to resolve um, intercultural issues in, in work that you do, because it is true, certainly, that a lot of musicians in uh, the prosperous West or North feel an obligation to share some of what they have and what they've learned with people in uh, far-off countries who are less well um, financially and economically endowed than we are. But with that comes a huge responsibility and a huge need to respectfully intervene in a different culture. And John, do you think of any other topic or question or concern that you hope to be able to to treat with the uh, presenters of research uh, during the session on the 9th of February? Well, I think one issue is an issue, because we are a research um, platform, about how to best encourage uh, local capacity in research. Uh, quite a lot of the research is intercultural, and in fact, in the presentation I made at the symposium uh, in 2019 in Colombia, I noticed that there was quite a high proportion of the research projects where the researcher was located in a university and in a country outside the country where the project was. But when one looked a little bit closer at that, in quite a lot of the cases, it was a person from the country where the project was taking place going outside the country to get a doctorate or to enhance their research skills so that they could bring those skills back to the country concerned. And I think SIM really has a, a duty and a responsibility, which I think it's beginning to fulfill, to perhaps decrease the number of um, intercultural research projects, because maybe the long-term aim is that each country should have the capacity to research its own projects rather than involving people from other countries, unless that's absolutely necessary. But it's interesting that uh, during this symposium, we, we ended up with having two sessions, uh, two separate sessions on uh, on in the an intercultural, knowing well that this covers a very broad uh, sphere of uh, questions and, uh, and practice and research. And Bridie, Bridie Leigh Bartlett, uh, who is taking over the presidency of, of SIM from you now, uh, she will, she will uh, chair the second session on the 16th of uh, February on intercultural social projects and from very different, different countries. And uh, so we will, we will have a broad specter, I think, of different questions and projects uh, discussed during this, this symposium. 
Absolutely, and I should just, of course, mention that in this first uh, session, which I'm chairing, one of the research projects actually looks at a project that you're involved in yourself and is, you are the founder of, uh, Music Fund, which is a quite unusual social music project in the sense that it's not, well, it is, of course, sending um, expertise and, and people, but the main focus of, of that project is sending instruments from the wealthy north to projects in the south. And um, Alexander Lamont has been doing some quite uh, groundbreaking work on how giving an instrument impacts on the person who gives it, uh, rather than looking for the moment at how it impacts on the people who receive it. And I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing more about um, that quite important and neglected topic. Thank you so much, John. Bridie Bartleet is director of the Brisbane-based Queensland Conservatory Research Centre, which is part of the Griffith University in Australia. Bridie is co-founder of the research platform SIM and will this year follow up on John Sloboda as the new president of SIM. Hello, Bridie. On the 16th of February, um, you are going to chair a session of the symposium on intercultural social music projects. And, well, we don't need to talk about what will be the research which will be presented. But I would like to, I would be really interested to have uh, to find out a bit more about your ideas and experiences that you have on, on um, what it can mean to have people come together, uh, people, musicians from different backgrounds. and um... Sure, Lucas. Well, look, I think the field of the social impact of music making, or SIM as we call it for short, is a very, very exciting and dynamic space. There's a growing momentum when we look around the world of practitioners and researchers beginning to work in really interesting contexts and in different ways. And we're seeing momentum and interest not only from our field of music making but many other sectors whether it be education or health or the social sector interested in what music has to offer when it comes to addressing some of the most pressing issues facing our generation. So these gatherings which we're going to enjoy engaging with online from the SIM platform I think provide a really important meeting space of colleagues who are researchers and practitioners in this field to share ideas, to share methods, to share insights in ways that are going to not only inform future research but also future policy making. And the more diverse perspectives and cultural experiences that we can bring into the mix, the more rich the conversations are going to be. So I'm really excited about the session. I'm going to be chairing with insights from Australia, the UK, and also Norway, Kosovo and Sri Lanka. People will, will tell, tell us about uh, specifically about social music projects bringing together people from very different backgrounds, uh, cultural backgrounds. Um, any, any expectations that you personally have on, uh, on this subject? 
I'm really interested to hear how the conversations might change in light of the world that we're facing right now. If we think about the year of 2020 with the pandemic, but also with major natural disasters that have happened, certainly in our region, we look at fractured uh, identity politics the world over. I think this is a very interesting time for SIM practitioners and researchers to be reflecting on the role that music can play in these environments. So in terms of my expectations, I'm interested to hear about what people have been working on and the insights that they're going to share, but I'm equally interested to explore with them how the world has changed this year and what that might mean for us as a field of SIM researchers and practitioners moving into 2021 and hopefully on a pathway out of this current global pandemic. You're just in the midst of finishing a compendium uh, under the title Music as a Global Resource Compendium for the 75th anniversary of the United Nations. So you you have been the over the last uh, the last period very much busy and looking at many different different music projects uh, being developed uh, in our world and what is the perspective that you have in terms of of the social music projects uh, that that we're interested in during this uh, upcoming uh, symposium well, Music as a Global Resource has just been an incredible opportunity to get a world view of SIM practices in every single region of the globe. And as you said, we're about to release our latest compendium. It's the fifth edition of Music as a Global Resource Compendium, and we're releasing it in honour of the UN's 75th anniversary. And I must acknowledge my wonderful co-editor, Professor Barbara Hess, from New York University and our associate editor, Peter Jampel, also from New York University, who have been working on this initiative for many, many years. This has involved a compendium which gathers information about SIM-related projects right across the world, but it has also involved really important global dialogues that have been fostered by the UN on the role of music in dealing with and bringing to the fore solutions to cultural, social, health, educational, environmental and economic issues. What's really interesting about this process is we have looked at how all of these SIM-related projects map onto the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And interestingly, of the 109 projects we've looked at across 54 countries, all of the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, have been activated across those 109 projects. Some of them focus very much on health-related issues, others focus on gender equality, others focus on social justice and bringing a about peace to, to war zones, but what it's really shown is a global overview of the contribution that music is making to communities and societies and bringing about really important social change in a number of very challenging and complex situations. Bridie, as you know, we are now actively involved in developing a comparative research on what motivates musicians to be involved in to want to be involved in social and community music programs we also 
in the nearby future hope to be play a role in uh, helping to set up a com similar comparative international research on music programs in detention what 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 do you think of this I think there's a real opportunity here for us to develop more and more comparative studies. And I think that those comparative studies will help us actually advance our field further. I think the one thing I've observed over many years of doing this kind of research is that it's highly fragmented and people are often reinventing the wheel or move, you know, moving in isolated circles and thinking that they're the only ones doing the work that they're doing. And I think there's a really wonderful opportunity for us to connect those people who are working in this space and join research and look at ways in which things are manifesting differently in different cultural contexts. So absolutely, there's certainly scope for more of this international comparative research to happen more and more. The magazine Musica e Scienziae asked Sim to prepare a special issue which will be released uh, this coming June in which you and I are now in the midst of editing. Can you tell us a bit about this? I think what we can say is that the special issue makes a major contribution towards advancing current discussions in the field of SIM. And what a wonderful feature of the special issue is, is that it brings together uh, social impact projects from really diverse contexts, from detention centres to traditional music festivals, also culturally diverse communities and war-affected cities, but also some of the papers look at impoverished and violence-stricken urban neighbourhoods. And what I like so much about this special issue is that so many of the practitioners are researchers and so they speak from a, a particular lens where they can talk with real authority and credibility about the intentions of the programs and their creative processes as well as the outcomes that they themselves have observed through the music making itself. So I think it will also offer people some inspiration when it comes to different methodologies being used around the world. So I hope people enjoy reading it when it's eventually released. Thank you, Bridie. The next episode of the SIM podcast will introduce the last sessions of the fifth international symposium. And we will then interest ourselves in research on social and community music pro programs in the global south. You can follow us online and also inform yourself on the activities of the SIM platform by visiting our website and Facebook page. You can also get in touch with us by sending us an email to info at simplatform.eu. This podcast uh, will, after March, uh, be less frequently broadcast, but at least once a month. SIM is the initiative of scholars and practitioners from seven different countries and four different continents who felt the growing needs to find ways to bring together people interested in developing research on the possible role music can play in social and community music programs. Sound engineer and co-editor of this episode of the SIM podcast is musician Mariusz Radwanski. Please visit our website at simplatform.eu. Yes,